Welcome to the Apawa Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to find out more about our church, visit us on any Sunday or online at opawa.org.nz. When we think of um, Christian martyrs, people who lose their lives for the faith, we tend to think about um, Romans and lions. In the picture, it's a bit like that. A few years ago, the BBC did some research, and they estimated that in any given year, there are about 10,000 Christians who lose their lives for their faith. In a quiet year, quiet, maybe half that. And the big picture is that there are maybe 2.3 billion Christians in the world, of whom 1.5 billion live in quite dangerous neighbourhoods. And in those neighbourhoods, they are often the minority, whether through religion or culture or race, and they're at risk. About 10 years ago, I visited an Indonesian church And they told me that as soon as they opened up here, a mosque moved in next door. And they saw that as a little bit of intimidation. And outside the church was a plaque which recited the fact that the local council and the mayor had all approved the church being here. And they hoped that that would prevent their church from being burnt down, as often happens in Indonesia. Well, I want to talk today about a man called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Anybody heard of him? He was a modern Christian martyr. He was a high-born German, born in the country that gave the world people like the poet Goethe, the theologian Martin Luther, the composer Beethoven, and many, many more. Not a dangerous neighbourhood. He was a German Lutheran pastor, an academic and a theologian. He was born in 1906, which meant that he was just coming to his prime in 1933 when this guy showed up. Bonhoeffer was a remarkable person, exceptionally gifted. He was awarded a doctorate in theology at age 21. That takes a bit of getting your head around. And the great Karl Barth described him as a theological miracle. The man was a genius, and he enjoyed a degree of celebrity in that time. That being said, he failed his driver's license three times. But who's perfect? When Hitler became chancellor in Germany, Bonhoeffer spoke out against him from the get-go. There is a recording on the radio which he put out three days after Hitler coming to power. He was among the minority of Christians in Germany who spoke out against the Nazification of the church. That was the Nazis' attempt to take over control of the church as they were doing with every other social institution, the uh, business associations, the Freemasons, the unions. When Hitler later insisted that only Aryans could be ordained as Protestant pastors, Bonhoeffer opposed him too. But 80% of his colleagues didn't. 
And as for the Catholic Church, they did a deal with Hitler in which they got to keep their schools but gave up their political party. They, they lost their voice. When Nazi officials were appointed to offices in the churches, Bonhoeffer rallied opposition to that move. And as a result, he was denounced as a pacifist enemy of the state. And he lost his authority to teach at Berlin University, where he had been a lecturer. And so he went off the grid and covertly raised funds to form underground seminaries to train pastors so that the faith could be passed on to future generations. And through all this time, he continued to write as he could about God, about Christianity, and about life. He became a courier for the German resistance movement, and in his many travels overseas, he helped German Jews get out of Germany. Through his contacts, he garnered support for the German Confessing Church, which was the, the remnant of the church that was still resisting the Nazis. In his work, he formed relationships with some very high-born aristocratic Germans who then ran military intelligence. And it was within military intelligence, the adverb, that a plan to assassinate Hitler was taking form. In April 1943, Bonhoeffer and his brother-in-law were arrested. There were suspicions that the Abwehr were providing cover for anti-Nazi activities, which indeed they were. The Abwehr's head, Admiral Canaris, this guy, had been appalled what he had seen when Germany and Russia had both invaded Poland. He'd been appalled at the tactics of the German army, one of the ways that they disrupted the Poles' ability to defend themselves was to bomb refugee columns of people heading from the um, border so that the, it was harder for the people defending to do that. And they also moved in and they executed journalists and politicians and army officers. They tried to take out the elite of society. And Canaris was appalled. In the searches that followed the arrests, the Gestapo found all kinds of documents about the plot to assassinate Hitler. And Bonhoeffer's name was on some of those documents. As a consequence, he was imprisoned for 18 months in Tegel Military Prison while awaiting trial. And he spent a lot of time there reading and writing and evangelizing and sympathetic guards smuggled out his letters. He became a sort of prison chaplain to many of the other inmates. In the last weeks of his life, he was sent to the Gestapo's high security prison and then to Buchenwald concentration camp, and on Hitler's orders, he was executed by hanging in Flossenburg. You see, Canaris's diary had been discovered, and Hitler flew into a rage about this nest of traitors that he had in his midst. Bonhoeffer was 39 when he died. Hitler himself died three weeks later, Germany surrendering a week after that. Bonhoeffer is one of the most well-regarded Christian theologians of the 20th century. His book on ethics is very famous, and he quite naturally had to do some work on ethics because he was a spy. And inherent in being a spy is that you're living out a lie. And he joined the plot to murder Hitler. Hitler. 
One of his guards challenged him about his flexible approach to the truth when he was being interrogated. And his reply was this, that if a teacher made you stand up in front of a class at school to ask you, was your father drunk again last night? And he was. What should you say? Bonhoeffer's answer was to lie for all your worth because the question itself is immoral and abusive. I'll leave that one for you to ponder on. He also wrote a book on discipleship and its cost, which he'd lived out in his very short life. So did his brother and two brothers-in-law, who were also part of the German resistance and also executed. That family paid quite a price. He taught that if we aspire to follow Jesus, then we follow a suffering saviour. So we too should not expect to have easy, painless, blessed lives. No gospel of health, wealth or happiness here. And curiously, that's not such a popular message today in the church. His writing showed great concern for justice for the poor and those on the margins of society. He argued that the, the view of things from the position of the powerful is quite different from the view of things from the position of the powerless. And that voice needs to be heard and given attention to. And I think we've seen a very good example of that recently in New Zealand, as poorer Maori have been much, much slower to take up the vaccines. Largely, I think, because they don't trust that Pākehā authorities will look after them. Liberation theologians and liberal theologians in general have claimed Bonhoeffer as their concerns are quite similar. On the other hand, his strong focus on the person lordship of Jesus Christ endears him to more conservative Christians. He defies easy categorization into those sorts of slots, largely because the academic career that he was heading towards and was naturally gifted for simply got overtaken by events. Consider this. At age 26, he was fighting off the pro-Nazi church leaders for control of his denomination. For those of you who are over 26, what were you doing at 26? Wasn't doing that. 27, Hitler came to power and three days later he was on the radio criticising the idea that Germany should have one overarching Fuhrer to lead it. Others were jailed for less than that. He had the prophetic insight to see the way the wind was blowing, very early. Significantly, I think, because he had Jewish friends who suffered the continual indignities and pressures that I imagine most Germans were probably quite oblivious to. He heard and was influenced by that Jewish voice on the fringe of German society, so he was never on the Nazi bus. In 1934, at age 28, most German pastors accepted Hitler's leadership. But Bonhoeffer was banned from entering Berlin. The academic career that he'd been heading towards all his life was over, so he found another way to express it. He illegally taught pastors in friends' basements. The war years were spent risking his life as a spy and a courier, and later in a Gestapo jail. 
Had he lived the life that he should have, there probably would have been a dozen classic theological books from this man. But that was not to be his path. You see, when I look at his life, how this man lived became so much more significant than what he taught. This wannabe rabbi became a bespectacled warrior and ultimately a martyr. What we learn from him is how to live when our faith and our very lives are under extreme pressure. That is, I think, why we remember this man. And while he was waiting to be executed, he wrote a poem. And it's been translated and set to the Sibelius tune Finlandia. And I'd like you to listen to this now, please. By gracious to you 
found that song very moving, knowing the story that was behind it. You see, suffering, evil, and fear are part of the human experience. And the best way that we can respond to them is to hang on to hope. Hope in our good and faithful God. As it says in Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. Amen.